0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph?
1: I'm great. How are you
0: doing? Yeah. All right. Thanks.
1: And Good. Yeah. How's the weather your way? It's beautiful out. Yeah. I was able to walk the talk twice today. It's 79 degrees, so this is the weather we live for. There you go. Oh, How about you? Uh, it's you're sunny.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, Ph.D. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you?
1: Doing great, thanks. How's the weather? Your way? We did not talk about the last episode, so I was very excited to find out about your weather. Our weather is 64 degrees, so it's really nice out. How about you? What's your weather?
0: Uh, Well, it's currently... Let's take a look. I should probably have this thing these things up it is currently it's buffering is what it is well it tells me that's okay
1: i can look up the vancouver weather
0: <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah uh 12 degrees okay. celsius uh or 53
1: degrees fahrenheit. thanks to you i can now convert fahrenheit to celsius with reasonable accuracy in my head there you go thank you for that because no i really can't do math very well I don't... Like, I know some people could
0: do it for math. I, I can't. Like, I never can. I don't know what it's up I can estimate. It's probably not on the money, but, you know, it's close enough. Right. But, yeah, it's cloudy. We still have a ton of rain, and places are getting flooded, and there's no food in the grocery stores. But, it, you know what? We're doing all right.
1: So there's still... Wow. So that's still an issue. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be a long-term... Yeah.
0: At I least until it, they repair it, it, the highways... It. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, you know, funny enough, I've been I've been pretty lucky in getting the things that I
1: usually get for groceries and stuff. Um, so it's not too bad. But
0: obviously, you not have to everyone... figure out
1: when the grocery stores are getting deliveries and then show up then.
0: Not quite. Is... No, but it's interesting. Like the I, the I noticed this with, back when like the panic buying was happening with COVID, mm-hmm. and people were buying like tons of toilet paper and. What I mm-hmm. noticed is, is that like the big stores, like, you know, your WalMarts and stuff like that, like those places mm-hmm. get emptied out quickly. But you, you go to like the small mom pop places, like those places, those places still carry right. tons of stuff because people don't go there. So like for me, it's been kind of nice because I don't go to those big stores with what's going on. Like, I think I go to one of the bigger stores for like my pantry stuff just because like that stuff mm-hmm. is still plenty in stock and it's. Like, like run of like the mill kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's not like there's a big diversity on canned tomatoes or anything like that. But like hmm. for my meats and vegetables. Oh, contraire! I'm,
1: but but that's for well, really. yeah.
0: <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. Like it's just generally right, speaking, right. like you can buy one from one store and another, and it, you're you're generally getting the same thing, which is canned tomatoes. You whatever. don't care about your canned tomatoes, and no big deal, right? Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, um. But yeah i mean like meats and veggies i always kind of like getting meats and veggies from like a butcher or actual market but like those places are still fine so if anything the butcher uh was starting to get a little busy you can tell people are starting to realize hey
1: there's meat in other places aside from supermarkets go figure so the smaller locations are actually getting more business now so i guess that's a, one of the silver linings of, the, of this catastrophe is that yeah. it's redirecting some of the flow of customers Although I
0: did encounter a Karen at the butcher, and she said, "You she have
1: can Canadian put, Karens."
0: Yeah, cool. we have we have Canadian Karen. I mean, that's... Yeah, and she was ah. complaining about the price of the ground beef at the butcher, and they explained that they use like a higher quality beef and it's free range and it's hand ground
1: or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: organic and all this. And she didn't care. She's like, "Why is it cost at the supermarket this much?" And they're like, "Well, it's really not as good." Yeah, and I was just like, Karen, Karen, Karen. But, Karen learned her some things that day, yeah. And she ended up not getting the ground beef, and I'm like, oh, okay. And like I did More the math, beef-free. it was mm-hmm. six six ninety nine Canadian a pound, which is mm-hmm. really not that bad for ground beef. So mm-hmm. I'm like, really, is that sh- that expensive, really?
1: But well, yeah. I wonder if she's trying to somewhat haggle to get a better price on it or something.
0: I was wondering that too. That's definitely a possibility.
1: Because it may have worked
0: somewhere before. Yeah, I mean, admittedly too. Sometimes you just tell people like, "I don't want to pay this," and they'll be like, "Okay."
1: Right. But well, there's a way to do it, and there's a way not to do it. And it sounds like the Karen. I also just it it was not like. Don't get me
0: wrong. If I go to like places where I know haggling is a part of that economy, I'm all game mm-hmm. for it. But like, I'm not going to go yeah. into like a Foot Locker or Walmart or something and try to haggle them because it's just, like, but no, right? Don't, you don't do
1: that. Like, mm-hmm. Right, but I think, yeah, there's a way to do it that's kind and with respect, and a way that's not. Yeah, if it's an establishment that engages in it, because uh, like that I know when I go
0: the key feature, when I go down to Mexico, you do that all the time, like mm-hmm. buying things in Mexico. In yeah, yeah, especially in the markets, you you have to, otherwise, you're paying so much more. Like there was one time I went to Mexico and I wanted to get this poncho. And uh, the person goes, "Oh, it's uh, fifty dollars for the poncho," and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. "It didn't seem like it was worth fifty bucks." So mm-hmm. I tell them, "Well, I only got twenty bucks," but I say, "Oh, well, I'll I'll go to the back to the resort. I'll come back tomorrow and get it." But of course, they're probably thinking I might forget or something might happen. I won't get it, so they better. They to want get to
1: make this. The... Yeah. So they're like, "Just give me the twenty bucks." I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Fine. okay. So you're like you know how to haggle. Yeah. Like you kn- you you do the you know you're ready to walk away thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my strategy with haggling. I just pretend mm-hmm. like I'm like oh sorry
0: I only got twenty bucks. I like, I have to come back right. later. That's everyone's trick or trick slash tip for this week. If you ever mm-hmm. need to haggle, just be like sorry I I didn't bring enough money. I gotta go back. So. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah uh we are talking about gilmore girls and in specific we're talking about uh the episode if i can pull it up here you You jump jump, i jump jack Jack, which is yeah the seventh episode of season five and And a titanic reference
1: yeah yeah and a and a quote from the episode yes
0: so i guess it kind was a double 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 barreled title double meaning yeah Whatever, yeah um, whatever that word is <laughs> it's funny because like you can actually go find uh, some of the old uh, ads they used to play for Gilmore girls back when the show was airing like on oh. live TV and mm-hmm. it's some of the ads are really strange this is one of them where it makes it seem like Rory's going off to like get killed at a kill that occult or something. Like, they really play it off as being, like, very ominous and dangerous when it's, like, no.
1: So, is this a, can, a Canadian ad? or the, So, I noticed, like, Grey's Anatomy, the ads between Canada and the U.S. will be very different.
0: Uh, yeah, no, the, this was, like, an American ad. This was for the okay. WB. Yeah.
1: Huh. yeah. I'm not saying that Canadian ads are sensationalist. That's not what I'm saying. It's just no, that no. I noticed that the ads are very different. Like, they, they run their own clips and own narrative. Yes. In each country. I just find that interesting that you get a totally different take on an episode. I think your ads kind of less sensational.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. Um, So that would make sense that there would be an ad about, you know, is she going to come home in one piece and stuff. Yeah.
0: It's just kind of funny that they, like, I don't know, played it up as, like, being
1: this very... Because it's pretty tame. It's a a bunch of people standing around drinking and talking without
0: ease. Like, it's not really that Mm -hmm. they're a... They're not really a cult or anything. They're just like just mm-hmm. kids partying, goofing around.
1: Right. Now but, And I think in honor of the not using any E's thing, that we need to do this entire podcast without using E's. Oh <laughs> I, uh, yeah. No, I, I couldn't do that. I, I, You're you already blew it. Yeah. Oh wait, no, you didn't. Oh, there you go. You just didn't use any E's. Look at you. See how well, natural.
0: I I, I couldn't I wish do that I... as no E. I wish I could tell you that was intentional, but it was not. I definitely did not. Realize it was
1: that. not, but wow, the irony of that. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. One of our best moments. <laughs> we should do the episode without
0: saying any use, and then I say an entire sentence without saying. It easy. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um. Yeah. A uh, lot going on in this episode. I mean, you got Emily kind of finding well, Finding out about Luke and Lorelai, and that kind of exploding into a big thing. Um, and vicious,
1: wow. Yeah. New Which, level Emily viciousness.
0: Here's the thing that felt weird because, like, I remember in like season one and some other seasons, like Emily would see Luke and Lorelai and be like, "What? Well, you two are definitely together, right?" Or like, "You're an idiots for not getting together." So I'm like, It
1: seemed she, weird. Yeah. She seems. But then the famous. reality hits. Yeah, it seemed kind of incongruent with previous seasons. Yeah, uh, but also at the same time, it's like, well, now they're dating, so now she's gonna, you
0: know. I have a, the hammer.
1: I have what I think is an
0: explanation for this. Oh, so, okay. Uh, this episode was written by Daniel Paladino. and oh. if, if you actually watch, they the, know more. the The DVDs for this for the show, there's not commentaries for a lot of the episodes, but like mm-hmm. this episode had a commentary. And it was just Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. And at one point during the commentary, they both talk about Emily. And Daniel just says, Oh, she's just a bitch, basically. Like, wow. You know, that's his words, not mine. But he basically says, And mm-hmm. it's Amy Sherman Palladino who goes, No, she's got a lot going on. She's got a lot of complexity to her character, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it, Daniel Palladino, the guy who wrote this episode, sees her more as being a, a bitch which wow i think that explains why she's not mm-hmm. quite Lorelei or not quite emily sorry in this episode because mm-hmm. yeah she it feels off like it doesn't feel like emily
1: uh he wrote her as a conventional character yeah he wrote her as if she was just a, a you know a villain you know because it's yeah it seemed and we've talked about that that one of the great things about her character is that she's not pure villain she has a humanity to her too, you know. Yeah. Like she gets like she was eviscerated by tricks, and you see that, and you see her reaction to it, and you see her reaction to, uh, to uh, uh, I was thinking Grover. I don't know why I got Grover from Sesame Street. Um, oh. Sure, <laughs> Grover, right? why not? Um, Grover? You see that. with his girlfriend, his old girlfriend, and you see her fall apart with that. So you see stuff that she's very sensitive to. Even if she does have some pretty vicious moments. But yeah, this episode she was just going for the jugular the whole time. And it became kinda not interesting. Yeah. Because it was just like the same it's like she kept poking and poking. It's like, come on.
0: Yeah. It did also feel a little bit like uh it just felt unnatural that like she wouldn't at the very least Recognize that like she doesn't really Want to push Lorelai away like she's mentioned Before that she really doesn't want to push Lorelai and Rory away So like her being completely mean to the Guy that Lorelai Really likes Definitely kind of goes oppositional to that So
1: I don't know and then doubles down on it With Richard yeah and Richard was like why did you do that or whatever and she's Like you know because you know He's she's she's above Him or he's beneath her or something and I'm like Where did this come from yeah Um, and you know she she see what you will about her behavior because we've talked a lot about narcissism stuff but there still is a modicum of of class that she has yes and and you didn't see that with this you saw her just be vicious and Mm -hmm. i would think that she she would even think that it was de classe to be talking to him like that Mm um
0: yeah uh and then also, too, this episode features, uh, well, Rory getting sort of swept away,
1: uh, with the life and death Brigade, which. So but she gets people... picked up when the last episode and driven off, or that's this episode. She gets I think it was off. this one, yeah, yeah. And the dresses that they wear, interestingly, I read that they were used in the, the coming out uh, cotillion episode. I think that was in season one or two. And they dyed the dresses for this episode. So the dress that Rory's wearing was actually a dress that was used in the cotillion. Oh, there you go. So they kind of recycled, so good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and,
0: like, they, they, it's funny because, like, they're almost technically just camping, but, like. <laughs> they have clamping. St- they, 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 have, they are, like, rich people camping. Like, they've got, like, food mm-hmm. laying all around. they got tons of drinks. They've got
1: the tents, like yeah it it's, like... it's glamping before it was glamping yeah is it, oh is that actually yeah. a thing mm-hmm. yeah that's glamping is like when you go camping but you've got like air conditioning and oh. uh yeah okay it's like it's like uh camping with outlets What kind of defeats you're not talking about like a central outlet i'm talking like like you know it's full air conditioned whatever mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's like like glamour and camping it's a portmanteau of that yeah so glamping
0: I have a question though about this this thing. How did mm-hmm. Logan
1: know Rory's dress size? I thought that too, that and was. he makes a comment about, "Oh, I I always, you know, I guessed your dress size or whatever. I know dress sizes." It was like some kind of creepy comment. Yeah, I I just but imagine. But if you're he, like... Rory, would you put on the dress? I would have been like, "This is a little strange," because you're being a reporter, right? And reporters are usually supposed to not, you know. Well,
0: I mean, Rory's. I'm going to just say, once again, I don't think Rory is the best reporter. (laughs) She's not following, like, total journalistic ethics, right? No, no. Like, you know, she agrees to these terms of, like, her not being able to, like, talk about
1: a lot of things she sees and whatnot, but. So maybe see what article she comes up with. I'm assuming that's the following episode. Yeah. Um, Downfall. How it. Yeah, she. Yeah. Oh, it is? (laughs) Part of it. Yeah. I
0: just, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. The, oh. yeah we'll, we'll talk about it in the next recording
1: but yeah oh, okay because i mean i may need some some talking down after the episode but oh. um <laughs> it's mostly dean but uh but you see like you know rory drops dean like a hot potato
0: yeah she's already moving on to logan which is mm-hmm. i i personally don't mind logan but i think he's a character that starts off
1: obnoxious and just gets slightly better over the course of the show he seems very insecure yes and i I wonder if yeah because i would think that in that position you probably don't know if the people you're around like you for you or because of what you can provide for them yes granted it appears that many people in that society also have money um but again you never really know are they friends or are they sycophants and i think that that's I wonder if that's part of it. And also, you know, if he knows that he's there based on his dad's empire. Yeah. There I wonder if there's a feeling of him feeling like he didn't really earn it. I mean, some people have no problem with that, but um yeah. well, but I guess, he seemed like he had a level of insecurity to him. Cuz we find out that like he's the the
0: son of a like business magnate, like a newspaper, newspaper. conglomerate
1: giant whatever. So which means he can go into the Yale Daily News anytime he wants and just show up and he says for the picture, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it does but, a big show of that he's not really seriously there, which is really obnoxious. But I mean, a convenient in for Rory who wants to be a journalist, I guess. But right. Oh, so there's so that's what I was wondering too. Is the attraction because she knows that he's got a father that's a newspaper giant, or is it because of him?
0: I. I think she sees him as very exciting, which I got to say, he does seem like a pretty exciting guy. Like he seems a lot more interesting than both Dean and Jess at this
1: point. Um, You know, and he challenges her. He's like, he says, you know, something to her about, well, you don't take risks or something like that. Like someone needs to come up with a diagram of the different um,
0: Rory boyfriends and like where they kind of fall in terms of personality and stuff. And like, I feel like you've got Dean, who's not the most intellectual, um, you know, but like, and and maybe the more toxic. But then you've got like, you know, someone like Jess, who is more intellectual. He's got
1: some problems, but he can be toxic. But yeah. at the same time, on the continuum of good and not good, Tends to it would be... be really interesting to see where everybody falls on that.
0: Yeah, because uh... there's
1: gotta be projection based on your own life experiences yeah and people know in your life to that that's relative but like i feel like
0: with logan like he's more intellectual than dean is but i mean he seems just very smart like well read and whatnot but then he doesn't seem to come with the baggage that just does like he seems to have some issues and some hang-ups i think everyone does to some shape or form but he
1: so had has, a life sorry. which
0: he had less reflex. Yeah, like he seems the most available emotionally and he's intellectual. I could see why Rory would be attracted to him. Um, mm-hmm. But I think she's got a lot of interest but not much else to really know about him yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's she's kind of trying to figure him out as well and you kind of get that. She's asking him a lot of questions. She wants to know Who is this guy and what exactly is his ankle? But I wouldn't I think she's interested at the very least,
1: she's trying to figure him out. So. And I think it's probably intriguing because, yeah, this is the first person that she's known that has this kind of background, maybe. Yeah, because like
0: like her, you know, she grew like Logan comes from a a well-off family. Him more directly Mm -hmm. than her, but you know, they still have similar backgrounds. And I think Mm -hmm. like Uh, Rory, Logan seems like he's rebelling a little bit against it. You know, Rory, Mm -hmm. for her, you know, she kind of sides more with her mom, and she's not really rebelling against Emily and Richard, but she kind of takes, she kind of, she respects them, but she also kind of, at the same time, too, she kind of keeps herself grounded, or at least tries to with uh, Lorelai, where I think Logan's trying to do the same thing. He's trying to ground himself, but
1: he doesn't have
0: someone like that in his life. So for him, he just kind of rebels. So,
1: and for a group that they say doesn't have a leader, he sure looks like the leader of the secret group. Yeah. Like he seemingly, he's someone that people respect and look up to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And we see the first Stephanie in the show. She's there the girl that had the mask on, I think. Yes. In the first yeah. group, in the episode. Yeah. And she's the one that says, Oh, you're not going to, you know, talk with, without ease. Are you? yeah, yeah. Just, you're, you're going to use ease right but
0: um, yeah uh, yeah so they go and uh, uh, Rory is kind of finding out a little bit about the life and death brigade and you find out that uh, Logan actually
1: had to convince people to let her in so but
0: I was kind of wondering but you like, wonder what's going
1: on for him and is it to get closer to Rory
0: that's what i was thinking like my impression is is that like yes he did it because she wants to write the article but i think also too he just wants to spend time with her and like he's doing so in a way that's kind of clever like he's masking his intentions behind right you know him trying to quote unquote help rory but really
1: it's more so for mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. right Rory wants to be able to show off something that's secretive but also not have it spoken about. So he can kind of show it off, but also be reasonably assured that she's not going to disclose it. Which, you know, what really stops her from doing that. Yeah. So I guess we'll see in the next episode if she follows his guidelines or not.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, I do think she's kind of at least finds this life a little interesting. And, like, I think, too, for her, like, all of last season, season four, like, she was struggling to find a place in yale uh and she was kind of having that nostalgia for stars hollow but like she seemingly kind of is going past that now and i think she's kind of found a niche i don't think she's fully acknowledged it herself yet but i think she has kind of found a little bit of a group to hang out with so if at the very least i think
1: she's kind of found her place in yale for better for worse well i wonder too that after she stood up to christopher in the last episode i wonder if she has this new found sense of kind of independence and and self-sufficiency that she feels comfortable kind of getting involved in this new world yeah because she kind of spoke to her dad it could be for the first time yeah Yeah.
0: um yeah so uh yeah Yeah. and then yeah they the luke and lorelei they hang out with emily and richard separately and honestly didn't, like I said I don't like How they treated Emily in this We've talked about why it doesn't quite Work but like I don't know The stuff with Richard too It felt a little eh. uh, There was some mm-hmm. weird stuff With this episode too like the scene where Luke calls Lorelai From the golf course uh The actor Scott Patterson was like sick that day So he didn't want to film Any scenes around any of the main cast So he just mm-hmm. did the phone call To kind of like keep that plot going just in a different scene so
1: you don't like other people sick yeah but then you also have lorelei he's drunk and lorelei's like have some coffee and come home and you're yeah. like are you encouraging him to why don't you just pick him up
0: yeah
1: <laughs> that, that seemed kind of odd to me i
0: was gonna say call an uber but or book an uber but i don't think they had that back then before
1: yeah. they existed yeah well yeah. you'll have to wait like 10 15 years for it to show up but... yeah just, just wait here at the
0: golf club, Luke. I'll order wait. you an Uber in like 20, wait for 15, 2016. Yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah, and then, Luke, uh, meeting with, uh, Richard and them golfing, and he wants to expand Luke's diner. Which, I'm like, I don't, I'm just trying to see where he sees the scalability. Because I'm like, it's a place called Luke's. And it seems like, I don't know, it seems like it's doing well, but I was like, really? Like, are you just going to have everyone wear a pin that says Luke's? I was just wondering about the viability of him
1: doing that. I've restaurant a restaurant where, everybody, where all the servers wear a pin that says mom. It's it's like mom's diner or mom something. Yeah. Uh, Hollywood Studios. Yeah. So I was, I noticed too, that the way that Emily and Richard were talking about this, the way Richard talks about him is kind of disrespectful. Like, basically, yeah. like, kind of proud of the fact that he feels like he got one over on Luke. It, it yeah. seemed kind of out of character for him, too. They just seemed like a meaner version of themselves. Well, it's Daniel Palladino for you. And I think there's also a body image joke somewhere in there, too. So, that was...
0: yeah. That just, that whole plot felt not natural because, again, it's not what Emily and Richard are. Like they might have disagreements about things
1: with people, but not not like that. So, I think this is directed by Kenny Ortega, who also directed some other favorite episodes. Yeah, there are some
0: scenes that are pretty cool. Oh, go ahead. This is like a. I think this is one of the higher rated episodes on IMDb. Like this is a fan favorite episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I like this episode too. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it really. This episode really sells you on Logan. I think. Like f- mm, for mm-hmm. both Rory and the audience, I think we're we're getting to see the potential of Logan. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah.
1: yeah, he's getting some more dimensions too yeah. yeah,
0: like he's not a total jerk. I mean, he definitely seems like he's got some hangups, but I mean, yeah, he's not uh, fighting with Lorelei like uh, Jess did in his first episode. So mm-hmm. right. I mean, maybe not the healthiest choice
1: for Rory, but she's curious. So.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing is, too, is it'll be interesting to see if he grows and develops over time. Like, he already seems mm. to be getting more dimension, so maybe he'll get more, maybe he'll get less. We'll find out. Um, wow. uh, was this, the, was this the episode where... No, this wasn't the episode, I am trying to think of something else. Um... Well, this is the episode where Zach and Lane go on their date, which...
1: The living room for families. What do you feel about that? I thought that was really low effort, and yes. I I was like, Lane, come on, have some higher standards. Um, yeah. But I also understand, too, that, they, that they're short on money, but if you look at one of the previous episodes where he's buying beer and he's buying all this food to impress women, but with... With Lane, they just sit on the couch. I mean, I thought it was really low effort. I was not pleased with Zach in that. No, we were thought. Uh, Yeah, it to me felt like
0: he made this big deal out of like, I'm ready to date you now. And it took him a while. And I thought maybe he took that time to really plan something out great. And then, no, he didn't. No.
1: And even Brian was confused because they were watching the Talking Heads movie, uh, which is really good, by the way uh and he comes in and he's like oh wow movie night because how would he know that they're on a date because they're sitting on the couch watching a movie he's like you're watching the movie that we started watching yesterday and they're trying to explain to him why it's a date and why he can't sit with them and that whole thing was just very weird because i'm like you know if you have to explain to your roommate that it's a date it's not much of a date no (laughs) i mean like you're watching the same thing that you watched last time so but i thought that was nice though that he picked up um uh, Brian from the from Lane's bedroom and brought him over to his room.
0: Yes, and they did kiss. So for better or for worse,
1: we're getting more Zach. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Which I put down as one of my worst performances too. Zach. Doyle, the, the trifecta: Doyle, Dean, and Zach. Yep.
0: I don't mind Doyle. Uh, Dean. Yeah, the character, but, not the actor, for me. But yeah, the thing with me is, at least with Dean, I'm like, I know he's on his way out, so I'm like, fine, be awful. I don't. Have to yeah, I didn't know through. that when I watched it. So no, no, yeah, yeah
1: you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, but I think. It's but my... he'll go on to have a career on Supernatural, and that's cool. Yeah,
0: he's gonna have a very supernatural career. Ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. There's an episode of Supernatural where they go on a tram ride through the set of Gilmore Girls. Do the actually? And somebody about something like they make a uh, throwback or reference or something to it that's funny
0: well like I know uh, they did uh, a like a festival I think it was like an Austin film festival or something where they did a reunion with the Gilmore Girls cast and Jared Penelic mm-hmm. he was on there and he said that you know he had a good time on the show and all that and he enjoyed it so I imagine he still well, has a fun friends of Milo Ventimiglia. Hmm? yeah which is funny so i think they asked him like are you team dean or team jess or whatever And he's like oh yeah or uh meal event amelia said he's team dean and then jared Pettale, mm-hmm. like he said he's team jess which i find kind of funny yeah um, i mean the reality is he would probably be more team jess than team dean but um uh-huh. it's nice to hear that you that at least uh dean himself is team right. Jess.
1: So. right <laughs> even though i beat him up yeah Um, yeah.
0: But I think this episode mostly is remembered for like the time that Rory spends with the uh, group. So, Mm -hmm. and they had some fun stuff, or seemingly fun stuff, like getting paintballed, which is kind of funny because I remember paintball being a really big thing. Something to the air. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Hmm? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. I'm like, okay, that's, that's something. Yeah, it's probably a little, little like. Mm. I thought it was maybe there's a little, little bit
1: of, a little too. Like, you like. do it, a guy has to be carried away in a stretcher. Yeah, that seemed a little weird.
0: Like, I know paintballs yeah. hurt, but not like they don't, they're not going to critically injure you or anything.
1: Well, he but. was also kind of <laughs> flying through the air too, so I don't know what injury caused what. But, yeah. But you would think going away in a stretcher would cause somebody alarm. Yeah. But nope. They just kind of were like, well, that's the price you pay. Mm -hmm. uh who is your favorite and least favorite performance in this so the worst was uh Doyle Dean and Zach and again Doyle more it's just the character not the actor the best I thought was even though Emily was painted as a villain I thought she did really well with what she'd been given um and then Luke too I thought he did a good job even I think he's in he was in that one scene by himself but he was in what his whole interaction with Emily I think he he did a good job at, you could see him like slowly simmering, but mm-hmm. he wasn't going to say something untowards to Emily. So um, I thought he did a good job. And, and, and I also want to bring up too, what's going on with the Gilmore Girls hair? So the episode where it's Lorelai and Rory and, and Emily, they have very fluffy hair. So I don't know if they had a different hair person that day. Oh, really? but their hair all looks like kind of fluffed out and like, like like they all had a um like a style done on them and like their hair blown out I don't know. but it was a little distracting because they all had foofy hair and emily's wearing the foofy hair at the dinner table so that's weird so i would say also there's special mention of the appearance by their hair that's, <laughs> that's kind of is, wild that is very strange that's happened before. There's another episode too where Emily just showed up with like really luffy hair.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's not, it, it's interesting how much a hairstyle can change what your face looks like. And with Rory, it looked very grown up because yeah. her hair is all blown out. And so that's why I was wondering, like, is it just like they had somebody different on set that day doing hair? But yeah. anyways, yeah, I thought the best episodes were Emily with what she had to work with. She did a really good job. Um, because I think she... It looks like she did try to inject some humanity into the words she was given. And then Luke, I think, just did really well with the like the quiet simmering. Yeah. How um, about
0: you? Favorite? I'm going to say Logan for favorite. I liked him in this episode. I think this episode really had to sell you on Logan. and I think the actor did a really good job of instilling enough charm with him that even when he was a bit of a prick you still kind of were like I can see why others including Rory uh, like him in a
1: bunch yeah mm-hmm. he's got a charisma he's definitely got charisma yeah Which can can be a good thing or not a good thing yeah depending on the person mhm um and then least favorite oh boy
0: there's a ton in this episode <laughs> but I'm gonna say Emily because it just wasn't Emily ah I know it's mostly the writing but still it just it felt off didn't feel mm-hmm. like
1: her she felt like she leveled up on mean
0: yeah it just felt odd really so. mm-hmm. um
1: okay uh favorite reference from this episode uh they mentioned all the president's men which mm-hmm. uh, is a movie and a book by uh, Woodward and Bernstein that they exposed um the watergate scandal with nixon um also the talking heads um stop making sense i think was the the movie they were watching that's good um and um and then the quote was um and this is also reference so when luke is trying to fake like he reads a lot and he's he says i like this science fiction author he said it's dick something he's i'm pretty sure he's referring to philip k dick who is a science fiction author but the best quote of the entire episode and possibly one of the best in the series comes after that which is where richard says well i'll bring dick up on the internet and see what comes up
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh richard you don't want to do that trust me
1: that was amazing (laughs) (laughs) and i couldn't tell if he was saying it ironically or not but that made it kind of even (laughs) because you weren't sure if, like he was serious or not yeah um he was trolling him I couldn't tell do you think he was trolling him or no I, I really no, couldn't tell
0: I, I think he he still doesn't know that much about the internet so I like to mm-hmm. think that he probably just thought genuinely oh I'll just look this up later Not really uh-huh. saying, yeah you don't
1: want to look that up they left it at that and they didn't show any of the reactions of the cast you yeah. know what I mean like yeah <laughs> Um,
0: yeah, my favorite line, uh, well, it's, it's, like, a couple of lines kind of strung together, but, like, when Rory says, hi, we are very high, and Logan says, I've been higher, and Rory says, I meant distance from the ground, and Logan says, oh, that too. I was <laughs> uh, like, just very clever. I don't know, it's just the idea. That's a charisma, That's a charisma and quick wit, I think, yeah. that she is into. The actor, Matt Sersney, I think his name is, uh, what plays he- he really yeah he really gets the the amy sherman palladino dialogue Mm -hmm. even though it's a daniel palladino episode yeah yeah um okay uh favorite reference Do you have a favorite reference from this episode that
1: was that was the um the well mentioning philip k dick the science fiction author and also Uh, mentioning the presence man yeah so those two what about you um i would probably say uh
0: there was something to do with um
1: happy gilmore ah it was lorelei's quote yeah like somebody wasn't being happy gilmore or something or it was about the it was about richard's uh golf outing yeah, and it was like something like, uh, I don't know, I forget
0: the line, but I just remember there was a Happy Gilmore reference, and I had a good chuckle at that. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that was good, because they've probably been saving up for that, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very obvious element.
0: reference when you think about it. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, beyond the scenes trivia for this episode. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, all the episodes were the same, or all the dresses were the same ones from the cotillion. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they just d-
1: dyed the dresses a little bit. So Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good recycle of them. Because, um, yeah, the, these shows have budgets, but there's also limited budget for different things. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then also, uh, what was I going to mention? The guy that plays Robert, which I guess he's one of the guys in the car, uh, auditioned for, in the past, Dean, Tristan, and Jess. Interesting. For all three of them.
0: Yep. Well, there you go. Okay. Any mental health observations from this episode?
1: I think just that that um the idea of kind of putting somebody in their place by talking around them which is i know you both don't agree on on the dialogue they gave emily but you know that does happen where people are narcissists or sociopaths will will basically tell you that you're less than without directly saying it and Mm. and they take it almost to an art form not a good art form um but we saw that in action that there are people actually do that that will that will um you know, bring up, uh, so you can't directly. And, and I think Luke said something about this, like you couldn't directly say something to her because she was talking around it. Yeah. And I think that's something that narcissists and sociopaths are really good at mm-hmm. is that they will just very politely with a smile on their face, say really vicious things, but you can't pinpoint exactly what it is they're going after, but they've just eviscerated you. Yeah. So I think that was for, for the, it being out of character, that is something that happens though. I just don't think that it was appropriate for Emily. In yeah. her character. Because mm-hmm. she can be mean, but she's there's more of a finesse to it, I think.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. I kind of wanted, like, a few scenes where it just flushed her out. But again, Daniel Palladino doesn't hold her in the highest regard. So, mm-hmm. you know, to right. him, she's just. It's interesting you told me that, because that fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just how he describes her as, like, a, a bitch. Like, that's just not. That's not. Like, it's nice. one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm glad Amy Sherman-Palladino corrected him.
0: Yeah, also goes to show when like she writes an episode with uh, Emily, it, it kind of shows there's mm-hmm. that dimension to her.
1: So, right, and she is you know she can be uh, more interesting than some of the other characters because of that background and that she yeah you know, we still don't know anything about her childhood. That would be really interesting to see how she grew up. Mm-hmm. Any of her extended family have we? We've seen Richards when Trix died, but. I don't think we see too much of Emily's family. That's really makes interesting. Me yeah. think,
0: I wonder if she just like kind of abandoned her family when she married Richard. Like she got into that I life know.
1: and she just kind of said, I don't want to be a part of this other life anymore. It's which awesome. it makes sense because she alluded to the fact that, you know, when um, she, she really was kind of devoted to Trix and Trix bit her by writing this letter to Richard about how she shouldn't, how he shouldn't marry her, and she was like, you know, I had done this, this, and this for her. So I wonder if some of that had to do with, you know, she was looking for someone to kind of attach to. Yeah. Um. And so she felt so betrayed by Trix. So yeah, you kind of wonder what her background was. We know that she was affluent, right? I mean, it sounded like she they met. I'm a, I It sounds like she was affluent. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I, it sounded
0: like she. I don't know if she's affluent I I guess if, in my mind it's it could be entirely wrong but in my mind I feel like she probably didn't come from an affluent family cause mm-hmm. I could see her getting into that life and it's one that she maybe wanted to have and got
1: and then just kind of was like this is it this is what I want but she, but she still feels like an outsider and so if Richard's hanging out with his old girlfriend and she comes from money yeah. even more of a upset Emily
0: yeah that's been my interpretation i could be wrong but i yeah, get sure. my guess is that she doesn't come from affluence, and she kind of stumbled it by luck into this life and she likes mm-hmm. this life but at the same time too she probably you know she's still an outsider even in that own circle so
1: do you remember trix's letter she's she the one that they had the carbon copy of she mentioned something about she wanted richard to be with the girlfriend Does she mention something about how she had lower social status I feel like I'm remembering that, but I think I'm, I'm, I can't quite remember. I feel like I'm adding that and it's not canon. (laughs) So. Yeah. I think it was more to do with just that she liked the old girlfriend and not Emily. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And we don't, I don't know if they mentioned the reasons why, but I think Mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, I think your. I think your background for her makes a lot of sense.
0: It would be interesting if they ever like kind of detailed that a little more, but
1: yeah, I wonder if it, if it's if they're gonna leave it alone because it's it's more interesting conjecture how she became the person she is. I think people
0: will come up with their own interesting theories, like I did. Right, mm. you can kind of come mm-hmm. up in your mind of uh, ways in which you think Emily kind of came to this life, or maybe she was in the life the entire time. But I don't know if she was in this life if she necessarily would be as hostile as she is. I think she's partially hostile, yeah. maybe as a way of being defensive. But mm-hmm. it also would kind of explain why Lorelai and Rory kind of ended up being a little bit more a get up, sort of opposite from that life. Because I, I can kind of see... People.
1: Sorry? Like more down-to-earth and accepting of people?
0: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I could. you could point to that and, and kind of treat it like emily like that could have been they kind of see emily in the kind of similar like emily probably wanted to be of that life
1: and they probably just didn't want to be of that life they kind of chose the opposite so
0: i don't
1: know we saw that too in the episodes with the flashbacks to um lorelei when she's a teenager just kind of not agreeing with who they were and feeling trapped by that life and maybe emily even felt trapped by that life she was like you said you know she wanted that life but then when she was in it it yeah. wound up being i mean she, i think she likes all the socializing and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah there's, i wonder if there's a part of her that goes wow i can't now i'm in it i can't get out of it yeah because they're separated but they're really not that far away from each other they realize said, you know she, he's like 50 feet away or something in the pool house mm-hmm. which is like a house yeah you know so He's not hurting. <laughs> but mm-hmm. So you wonder how long that's gonna go on, where they're kind of just are they ever gonna live away from each other? Or have they formed the, they're they've been together for I don't I don't I can't remember how many years. I think they mentioned how many years they've been married. But you know, they've built a whole life together and there's a certain dependence they have on each other. Mm. So I wonder if they're ever gonna actually live away from each other. Yeah. Cool.
0: I think that's I said- also my mental health. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just yeah, there you go. That that, that
1: makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you give this episode a score of? It's an eight. I thought this was one of the better episodes. I really like the visual of them jumping off the tower. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was nice. Definitely like mm-hmm. I don't know, I think I remember it not being nearly as tall when I watched the episode I'm like,
0: ah, it seems pretty tall. So
1: Right. And also, what's the reality of someone in a ball gown going up scaffolding without any kind of harness? Like that seems like you know that was a recipe for disaster. Which I'm really surprised Rory did that, based on what we know about Rory. So that was just as much out of character to me, as um as Emily being so vicious without any kind of reprieve mm-hmm. from it. I mean, I, that just seems like I that is impossible. Yeah. For Rory to do that. Yeah. I I've
0: kind and wanted a scene where she just kind of looks like I'm I'm doing this. Like she kind of pushed herself maybe a little bit
1: more, but. Like, if she fell off the tower. <laughs> Climbing like up it. you got to put this harness
0: on first. No. Uh um, no harness
1: on side. Nope.
0: Yeah. i give this... Uh, I kind of want to give it a 9. Yeah, I'll bump it up to a 9. I kind of like feel like... I kind of feel like 8.5, but I don't want to do a half, so I'll just bump it up to 9. Sometimes you feel like a half,
1: sometimes you don't.
0: Yeah. It's okay. I, I do like this episode. I think... I think the main thing for me in this episode is that like this episode really had to sell you on Logan. Like you should watch this and, and feel like you have a strong opinion of Logan after this good or bad. Uh, Good or bad.
1: Right. You don't
0: have to have like a positive experience, a positive uh, kind of take on him, but I think you have to have some sort of feeling on him. And I feel like this job did a, or this episode did a really good job of kind of showcasing him and giving me a good idea of who he was, and yeah, I'm a little more positive on him than negative. I mean, it helps mm-hmm. that he's not nearly as bad as Dean, but you know,
1: it's uh, not relative.
0: Yes, um, and it, it's just interesting because I think we get a little bit of a tease of what she, what Rory finds so interesting with him, uh, mm-hmm. and he is interesting. Yeah, I think that healthy. I don't know, but. I, I think for rory even too she's kind of going through this phase
1: where she's trying to figure out it all and she's not quite there yet either so she saw this coming either so yeah you know like being attracted to him or you know because i think she had a, an idea formulated who he was and i think she's finding that that's different now that she's gotten to know him and he also, is kind of intriguing and charismatic so yeah
0: and i think too like rory is not as opposed to the that lifestyle like her mother is like
1: mm-hmm. she she, is, she hasn't been in it as
0: long, right? No, no. no. And it will be interesting to see does she get more into that life and what's her response to that. Does she take mm-hmm. to it more, or does she start to re- rebel a, a little bit more like Lorelai did? So
1: like Lorelai just later on in life, yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. So, Steph is over at stephanie dot Gaslighting is the book, and Talking Brains is the other podcast that. To, she's on, and I'm over at we Where almost every other day, got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time.
1: Bye. Now. Bye.